Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer and His Word. Good to be back here, gathered together with you all, worshiping the Lord. Uh, just being in communion with the Lord and you know, fellowship with one another, the body of Christ, gathered together as one, with one mind, one body, and intent on one purpose. Which, if you wanted, you could compare it to uh, us gathering today, to a military unit, where, on the outset, what seemed like a completely random bunch of individuals get together and come together as one. However, this coming together as a unit happens first and foremost as a result of commitment. Commitment to a single purpose, such as it pertains to the military, the allegiance or authority of the United States government, and in its defense against all enemies, foreign and domestic. However, our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And following the decision to make that commitment, other individuals who make that same commitment then go on to form relationships. And those relationships are, are tried, they're tested, they're forged in fire. There are good times, so there are also trying times. And then there we see trust, loyalty, selfishness, humility, and courage seem to be the norms. Those are the norms that bring the random people together as a unit or a fighting force, unifying them with one mind, one body, and intent on one purpose. But in that every individual has a specialty, has a function, has a role, has a purpose. And that skill set is used in conjunction with every other member of that, that unit, that team, to defeat the enemy. But when we think about it, if, we're, if we really think about it, we, as Christians or as believers, we act in a similar way. We committed our life to Christ, as we previously stated, submitting ourselves to His will and His authority. And then we're called to make disciples and to fight against spiritual forces of wickedness to advance the kingdom of God by doing His will. But unlike the natural military, we, as believers, as Christians, we're there to enforce what Christ has already done. We already know the outcome, unlike the natural military. Our enemy, as we know, is a defeated foe. He was defeated over 2,000 years ago when Christ was raised from the dead and he said, I have the keys of hell and death and all authority has been given unto me. So poverty, sickness, death, hell, the grave, every foe that you and I would ever face has already been defeated. All that's left is there to enforce it. 
to apply, execute, or implement what Christ has done and take the land, the territory, that belongs to him. So the question that you may ask yourself is, how do I prepare myself and teach others how to enforce what Christ has already done? And as you fellow brothers and sisters in Christ know, it comes from 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4, though, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So if you could, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, where we will look at the specialties or gifts that Paul describes within the body of Christ. And everyone gets there, could you please say amen? Amen. And we'll be beginning in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So in the section of scripture we read, Paul begins by informing us there are gifts and ministries given by the Holy Spirit as he manifests himself for the good of the body of Christ. The Spirit gives the gifts as he chooses. And if you could please jump down with me to verse 27. Where it says, Now you, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. But all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? And all do not speak with tongues, do they? And all do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So Paul can he Paul continues by tying us together as the body of Christ or the church, acknowledging that the body is made up of a bunch of individuals which have gifts given to it given to each member each member has those gifts which are needed for the church to properly and completely operate as the Lord has designed it as we heard during communion 
to reach to the fullness of the measure that Christ has established. We need to properly and completely operate as the Lord designed. However, in verse 31, Paul tells us to earnestly desire the greater gifts before making this statement, which is the title of the message. And I show you still a more excellent way. Has anyone ever had a moment like that in their life? Where we have been taught to do things a certain way. We've continued in that way. And until someone else comes along and, sh- you know, whether that's a friend, a family member, colleague, uh, well, if we look at today, we can, there's TV shows. We can go on a number of different websites that will help us show us how to do things ourselves. Which but a friend or someone or something comes along and shows us a tool, a, tri- a tip, a trick, something that completely revolutionizes the process that we go about trying to accomplish the task. That's the how I would ask or challenge you to view this, the rest of this message. Approaching this next set of scripture with that in mind. If we do that, we can begin to understand what he's trying, the point that Paul is trying to get across when he continues in chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So we see in this section of scripture that Paul speaking here, delineating the very gifts, the very things he just talked about and addressed in chapter 12, one by one. Most people, when they read about the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, they stop and separated what's said in chapter 12 and on to chapter 13, as we just did. But if we really look at that, the verse should actually be paused at the end of chapter 13, verse 3. This is a singular thought and idea. Love is the more excellent way. The principal thing, as as Paul states in chapter 13, verse 3. It says, but now, faith, hope, love, abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. There is no exchange for that. Nothing else can be put in its place... I, we, you, cannot substitute faith for it, or healings, or the working of miracles. The more excellent way is love. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, and by we, I'm referring to the church. 
the body of Christ, we have approached the gifts backwards. We've desired, we've pursued, we've prayed for, cried out to God for him to demonstrate his power or show his power in the form of the gifts mentioned in chapter 12. And we haven't seen that. We've wondered why. And we said maybe it's a lack of power. But it's not a lack of power. The power is there. We just have not focused on it. We have focused on the wrong thing. We need to shift our focus onto the love of God which has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 5.5. 5. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So if you will, hold, if you could hold your place there, and we will come right back. But please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And if you could just say amen when you get there. So Ephesians chapter 4 will be beginning in verse 11. It says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects of him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we see here in Ephesians 4, Paul echoes this exact statement from 1 Corinthians 13. It's interesting to note that he explains all are not apostles, prophets, teachers, etc., but here on the new birth, the Holy Spirit sheds his love abroad in all our hearts, and he simultaneously gives us that measure of faith. Every believer gets that. We look at Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. If we skip down to verse 5 which we've just read, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
Romans 12.3 also says, For though the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as though to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now Paul states in his, his case, in defense of love as the superior gift, and what should, oh, sorry, Paul states his case in defense of love as the superior gift, and what should be our focus and pursuit over all other gifts, with a simple explanation, which is found, turn way back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse 8. It says, love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. Which is why he, Paul, can authoritatively make the statement in verse 13. But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. He can confidently make this statement because it has been revealed to him that faith and hope hinge upon love. Not just any kind of love, though. Paul is referring to the God kind of love, which is the foundation on which we stand. 1 John four sixteen through 19 states, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected. It's perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. And in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And in John 1, 1 through 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being. That has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. You can easily say that was love. That was the foundation. We'll go a step further. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. All things are sourced from love. The Godhead is love, and we were first loved by him. To state it more plainly, it is because of love that we receive grace which comes through faith and gives us hope.
in the glory of God. Let me expound on that slightly. This is important. Please grasp this. It is because of His love that He has chosen to give us grace, which we can access through faith in the measure He has given to us, to each and every one of you, giving us the hope of righteousness as we put our trust in the glory of God. And when we look at the life of Christ Jesus, and more specifically at the results of his ministry, he, Jesus, followed the path described to us by Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. And in verse 14, and in chapter 14, verse 1. But now, faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Jesus, his life, his ministry, was the example or the pattern of faith, hope, and love for us to follow. And love was always the first and foremost aspect of his life. Do we think it's any coincidence that he stated the two greatest commandments to be, we'll take it from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6.5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and Leviticus 19.18 you shall love your neighbor as yourself we should be even less surprised with the instructions or the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples it's John 13 verse 34 and 35 says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, that's love, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And when we, when we examine Christ's ministry, we are constantly informed of the times he was moved with compassion or felt compassion before moving under the leading of the Spirit to exercise the gifts that the body of Christ is focused on. It was in every aspect of his life. Even in his parables, we find that the characters felt compassion and then we're moved to do a certain thing. Compassion or sympathy or empathy stems from love. Love is the key to unlocking the power of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said the disciples would be filled with to do the signs and wonders Jesus said would accompany those who believe. Mark 16, 17 and 18. 
These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Or John 14, 12-15 Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I love that. Verse 15 just tucks in this little subtle hint. Keep his commandments. As we reviewed, his commandments was love. And as it stated and if we look at John 14, it's that one little verse in 15 is stated right before Jesus begins mentioning the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit, which begins at verse 16. We need to be filled with love. That is what we need to pursue. We need to pursue love. Focus on love. And the gifts will follow. So as the music ministry begins to make their way up to play one last song of praise and worship, I just want to encourage each and every one of you to pursue love which on the onset we may look at to seem very basic or cliche but the reality is it is the strongest weapon that we have we talked about dealing with a military every military has what are known as special forces and anyone who has ever had a conversation any of them, they will tell you two things as constant. They will tell you what separates them from anyone else is that they do the basics very well. And the second thing they will tell you, it's not about you. It's about the person next to you. We, the body of Christ, is to focus on his love for us in which our salvation, grace, through faith, and the hope of righteousness hinges on. Amen? Amen.